Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. You can send messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForItGan. And while you're there on Twitter, give us a follow, at GoForItGan. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Jets corner, Darren Walls. And Darren's going to talk about the season. I mean, it's been a disappointing season for the New York Jets, but we're going to get Darren's take on on the tough loss, the tough uh, uh, overtime loss to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So we're going to talk to Darren about that. Also, Hall of Famer Willie Rofe will be joining us. Uh, Willie was just inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. So we're going to talk to Willie about that and uh, get his take on some of the things going on in the National Football League. And also, former Saint, former Chiefs, former Browns, former Ravens safety, Benny Thompson will be joining us. We're going to get Benny's take on all things NFL. Um, and, and, you know, get his take on some of the things going on in the National Football League. So Benning will be joining us also on this show. So it should be a great show. We're going to talk sports. We're going to have fun doing it. And that's what we do here on Go For It. Let's get started now. Let's get right down to business. Um, last night, and, you know, we we got a lot of good football coming up this weekend in the National Football League. And, you know, as we go along the show, we're going to talk about the National Football League and, uh, and the week that's coming up, uh, some of the big games coming up, Eagles-Cowboys, that's a biggie. Uh, San Fran-Seattle, that's a biggie. So we're going to talk about some of the big uh, matchups coming up in the National Football League this particular weekend. Also, you're going to get my take on some of the things going on in the hot stove, Major League Baseball. The Dodgers are a different baseball team today. And, you know, we're going to talk about that as well. Also, as we go through, Carmelo Anthony, we're going to talk about that. And Carmelo Anthony's with the New York Knicks, and we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about, you know, Melo and his decision, his talk that maybe Melo, hey, he's willing to, tra- uh, willing to, to you know, get rid of that no-trade clause or waive that no-trade clause. So we're going to talk about that as well. Get my take on that. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant. You know, uh, you're going to get my take on that and, you know, him yelling at some of his teammates during practice. Hey, 
you know, you're going to get my take on that. I mean, because we've seen that before, and now with Kobe Bryant, everybody wants to jump on and have fun with it and just make it a big story, a bigger story than it actually is, in my opinion. So we're going to talk about all those things and, you know, talk sports, have fun doing it. And Johnny Mantell, he's finally got to start. Is it a good idea? You'll get my take on that as well. So make sure you stick around, and you'll get my take on all the great things here. Great things going on in the world of sports, and we're going to talk about it here on Go Forward. Um, let's get right down to business now. Um, you know, it, well, it just came out today, breaking news. Adrian Peterson, the suspension has been upheld. Adrian Peterson will be suspended for the rest of the season. Now he's going to appeal to the federal courts, and we'll see what happens with that. We'll see if that gets him anywhere. But at this point in time, at this point in time, Adrian Peterson is done for the rest of the season. And at this point, at this point, I mean, you know, you look at Adrian Peterson, you look at this decision. I mean, I, I didn't think Adrian Peterson was going to play again this year anyway. And the reality is I thought it's unfair. I mean, I said at the time when the decision came down from Roger Goodell uh, to suspend him for the rest of the season, I thought it was unfair. I still believe it's unfair. Um, I, I believe Adrian Peterson should have just had the time served and at that point just moved on with his life and, you know, played again this year. I thought it was enough. I thought the point was made by the league. You know, just give him time served and let him come back and move on. That's what I thought should have happened. But it didn't happen. And I can understand why it didn't happen. I understand wholeheartedly why it didn't happen. Because if you're the league and you're dealing with PR problems because of the Ray Rice situation, then, you know, you got to, uh, you know, you, when you have an opportunity to come down hard, you got to come down hard because uh, public perception of you at this point in time is not very good. It's not very good. So when you have to come down hard, you know, you got to come down hard. And you knew because they had to come down hard that they were going to come down hard. So there's no surprises here. No surprises whatsoever. I mean, I would love, and I think Adrian Peterson should play. But I'm not surprised that he's not. And he he won't be playing this year, and he's going to miss the remaining of the season. He's going to miss the, the first three games of next season. So, I mean, it's a tough, tough, tough situation for Adrian Peterson. Tough situation. And obviously what he did, I can't defend on any level. I won't defend on any level. Any love, I, I can't do it. I, I don't think anybody can defend what, Ad, what happened to Adrian Peterson and what he did to his son. But the only thing I will say is I don't think he did it out of malice. I think he did it out of love. And, you know, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. But I, I think he did it out of love. And, you know, he went overboard. He needs help in terms of how to be a better parent. He needs help in that area. And you hope that Adrian Peterson will get that help moving forward. You hope somebody will help him because his behavior is a person that needs help. It's, you know, he's a four, the kid was four years old. And I don't have to go you know, back into the story, but the kid was four years old. And the reality is you don't do that to a four-year-old. I don't think you do that. I think it's unacceptable in a lot of ways, a lot of ways. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens ultimately with Adrian Peterson moving forward, but he's done for the season, done for the year. And, uh, you know, unfortunate situation, but, again, not surprised what 
so ever. Let's go to last night. And what happened last night to me is going to, you know, make the Philadelphia Eagle-Dallas Cowboy football game even more important from this standpoint. I mean, and what happened last night, first of all, the Arizona Cardinals won in St. Louis 12-6, to you know, four field goals. Well, it was enough to get it done for the Arizona Cardinals, but they got it done. They got the victory. But Drew Staten went down, possible knee injury, could be out for an extended period of time. So at this point, Arizona, they already had quarterback questions when it came to Carson Palmer being out. Now you have even more quarterback questions with Drew Stanton possibly gone for an extended period of time. It was a big victory by the Cardinals because they got that 11th win. And, and that's a big That's big. Because, first of all, Seattle's coming. And, and I think when it's all said and done, Seattle is going to catch. They're going to catch the Arizona Cardinals. I, I believe they will. So, to me, at this point in time, the worst the Cardinals can do is 11-5. and five. That's the worst they can do. 11-5 and five is the worst they can do. I think Seattle's going to catch them when it's all said and done. Seattle does play Arizona one more time. So I think Seattle does catch the Arizona Cardinals. But the reality is this, is, is this at this point in time. By Arizona winning, the Cowboys and the Eagles now, that makes that game even bigger. Because the Cowboys 9-4, Philadelphia 9-4, whoever wins is going to win 10 games. Whoever loses is going to be down to five losses. And the Arizona Cardinals beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Arizona Cardinals beat the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So they have an advantage in terms of that. So if they have the tiebreaker if those two teams were to be even. If the Cowboys were to be even with the Arizona Cardinals, Arizona will win the, uh, win the wild card. If the Eagles were even with the Arizona, Arizona will win the wild card. So Detroit is still in the mix. Detroit is there, and the reality is, here's the thing. Let's go through it. Arizona's going. Let's just say Seattle wins the West, Green Bay wins the North, Philly wins the East, and Atlanta wins the South. Let's just go with that premise as we speak at this point in time. We have three spots and three teams remaining. So that would be Arizona, who, in my opinion, will be 11 and five at the least. That's the least they can be is 11 and five. The worst they can be is 11 and five. So Arizona will be there fighting for a spot. They'll probably already have it. So it's going to come down to Detroit, Dallas, or Philly. Let's just say it's Dallas. Let's say it's Detroit and Dallas to get that sixth spot. And so now you look at it, that makes that game even bigger, especially if Detroit keeps winning. It makes the game tomorrow even bigger. And I think tomorrow's game, uh, Sunday's game with the Cowboys and Eagles, to me, the winner of that game, and I'm not saying it's definitive, if the Eagles win, the division's over. That, that, that we know. If the Cowboys win, the Cowboys are in control of that division, but the Cowboys still have the Indianapolis Colts to play. They still got to play the Colts, and that's not going to be easy. Whoever wins Sunday night in Philadelphia is in the driver's seat in terms of the division and in terms of just making the playoffs. It's possible that one of these two teams, Dallas and Philadelphia, could win 11 games and could be sitting at home come playoff time. It's, it's quite possible. Quite possible. So that's going to be interesting. And that's going to be interesting to see 
as we close the season. Eagles-Cowboys is always big, but now Eagles-Cowboys, to me, with what happened last night with Arizona and Arizona beating the uh, St. Louis Rams, now that game becomes even bigger tomorrow on Sunday, Sunday night. And I'm looking forward to it. At the beginning of the year, I had the Cowboys win the division, the NFC East, and I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to that at this point in time. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not surprised, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles win. Obviously, I'm not surprised. Not surprised that the Eagles win the division. Not surprised at all. Because the Eagles, one thing I'll say about it, defensively, they're playing much better. They're getting after the quarterback, Connor Barwin, Vinny Curry, Trent Cole. I mean, those guys are getting after the quarterback right now. Fletcher Cox, they're getting after the quarterback. They're sacking the quarterback. I mean, they, they, they got after Russell Wilson last week. But Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has great escapability. Russell Wilson has the ability to move up and down the field with his legs. He has that ability. He has the ability to get out of the rush, has the ability to avoid sacks. That's the beauty of Russell Wilson. That's what he brings to the table. But you look at it. You look at it. The Philadelphia Eagles, defensively, probably playing a little better than the Cowboys, but I still favor that Cowboy offense because of the quarterback. The quarterback, and and that quarterback is Tony Romo. I have more faith in Tony Romo than I do Mark Sanchez. I have much more faith in Tony Romo than I do Mark Sanchez. So I I think, actually, we look at that football game, it's going to be a good football game. It's not going to be a blowout like we saw uh, a few weeks ago on Thanksgiving. I look for the Cowboys to to come back and and have a pretty good performance. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. It's going to be a very, very good football team. But that game has gotten much bigger because of what we saw last night with the Arizona Cardinals and because the Arizona Cardinals now are 11-5. So they got they won 11 games at this point. The Arizona Cardinals probably are going to make the playoffs, whether it's a wild card, whether it's uh, the winner of the NFC West. But Arizona's in the playoffs, and the Cowboys and the Eagles, you know, they're going to be fighting with the Detroit Lions to get those final spots in the NFC. So it should be interesting. We're going to bring in a guy now who's had a pretty good week. I mean, this this guy, um, good week in New York City uh, the other night. Got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, this We talked about this last week, but this man is in a whole bunch of Hall of Fames. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's, he, he loves the Hall of Fame. He, he loves these ceremonies. I mean, he's got to love these ceremonies. Probably a lot of good food, a lot of good times, a lot of good free stuff. <laughs> it's just good to be this guy. Now, let's bring him in now. Pro Football Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. Willie. Paul, how's it going today? How are you? Good. Well, Paul, we have to do. We have to say something. Uh, you know, Mark Sanchez for all the heat he took. He's been playing excellent football. You're in Philly. You've been watching him play. I mean, he really fits that system well for what he likes to do. And it seems like him and Chip, him and the coach have um uh, have a great rapport. And, and I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like that's a match made for him. I know he's gonna be a Highly talented free agent after this season. I don't know where he goes, but uh, I don't. I, I think that system fits him fits him well as they run into it. Um, I, I will say this: Mark Sanchez hasn't played bad. I mean, you know, uh, my concern with Mark Sanchez the two times 
that he quote unquote stepped up. And two times the Eagles stepped up with Mark Sanchez as their quarterback against the Seattle Seahawks, against the Green Bay Packers. Didn't play that well. And, you know, other the other games that he started, you know, he's played decently. He's played some decent football. And, you know, he's actually, in a lot of ways, he's playing a lot like the way Nick Foles played. You know, he's made some mistakes. But at the end of the day, if he can if he can pull the Eagles and get them through the and get them to the playoffs and, and possibly make a run, I think definitely, I think definitely he's going to get a shot in the NFL next year. I'm not sure it's going to be with the Philadelphia Eagles, but somebody's going to give him a shot to start next season. I wonder where it's going to be, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's got a big football game against the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. And I think that should tell us a lot about uh, Mark Sanchez, but we well, got to see. I mean, to it's definitely going to be interesting. It's going to be an excellent football game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Definitely. Well, I want to ask you this. Um, Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, they struggled mightily last week against the uh, Oakland Raiders. I mean, it's one thing to lose to the Seattle Seahawks on Thanksgiving. It's another to lose to the Oakland Raiders. I mean, there seems to be a lot of distractions there in, in, in 49er land, whether it's Jim Harbaugh, the coach, you know, and, and that whole situation, him not getting along with the GM. I mean, it just seems to be a whole bunch of distractions there in Philadelphia and uh, San Francisco. Looking at Colin Kaepernick, it, uh, have we maybe jumped the gun with this guy? I mean, because we were ready to anoint him as the next best quarterback, next great quarterback in this league, and he struggled this year. Well, you know, I, I just think it's a maturation process. I, I, I thought I thought he would have progressed more at this point in his career. I know he's had some injuries to some guys uh, on the team uh, this year. I don't think they've been they, they've been they've been trying to do a lot more passing and not a lot of running, so they're trying to they're trying to make him the focal point of the offense and that, that wasn't what his role was before. His role was they ran the ball and then they passed the ball and it worked out well and they and they, and he got and he got to run around and use his feet a lot more. Well this year he's not getting out of the pocket, he's not running. Uh you know, they're just trying to make him a pocket passer and maybe that's not what suits him. So they should have gone back to what was what's better for him. You know, running the ball, letting him make plays with his feet, and then using the play action to make make the stretch of field. When, when you make the defense respect his running ability, then it opens it up for him to throw the ball down the field. But they're trying to make him a drop back pass, and it doesn't seem to work. And to your point, I mean, you look at last season. Last season, 416 attempts for the whole season started 16 games with the 49ers last season. This year, after 13 games. 409 attempts for Colin Kaepernick. So, and he's got three more games to play. So, I mean, to your point, you know, he is throwing the ball a lot more than he did a year ago, and maybe that's the reason for some of his struggles. I mean, and also to your point, I mean, it is a part of the process. And, you know, it, it sometimes, I mean, I heard people say this and talk about it, but we look at guys like RG3, look at Kaepernick, even look at guys like Michael Vick, they have such great athletic ability that sometimes, you know, you get caught up in, in getting out of the pocket, getting out of the pocket and moving around and not necessarily staying in that pocket and, and you know, sitting in that pocket, sitting down in that pocket and, and making the tough throws, making the throws necessary. I mean, at the end of the day, you can run, but at the end of the day, if you want to be a successful NFL quarterback, you got to stand in that pocket. Well, you got to stand in the pocket, but you got to – Russell Wilson does a great job of mixing it up. He's going to stay in the pocket, but he makes great plays when he has to on a lot of big third downs. He makes plays with his feet when the defense spreads out. And at the end of the play, he'll make plays with his feet. 
So Russell Wilson does a great job of picking his spots. When he does, he does make plays with his arm, or he extends the play by running around back there and then make makes a pass. But he does make still makes a lot of plays running the ball to keep the defense honest. And they also also usually Marshawn Lynch is going to run the ball at least twenty times a game. Still, so they still run the ball. But you know, you look at what Russell Wilson does. He picks and chooses his spot. And I would think Kaepernick would be able to do the same thing, pick and choose his spot. But he's got to. With, with that type of athletic ability, Paul, he's got to threaten the defense by them being afraid of him getting out of the pocket, running, running, taking off running. And uh, Russell Wilson still does a great job of doing both. For sure. And, and you, one thing about Russell Wilson, the beauty of Russell Wilson, the guy gets around, moves around, runs a lot, but he just doesn't get take the big hit. And, and he's done that throughout the course of his career. Let's go to Cleveland now. Uh, Johnny Manziel, um, he, he's going to get the start. So it's going to be Johnny football time in Cleveland. In Cleveland, right now, they're in the middle of a playoff race. Brian Hoyer has played awful. I mean, the past few games. And I watched that game last week against the Colts, and he missed some passes. I mean, he missed some wide-open guys in that particular football game. So he struggled over the past few weeks. you got Johnny Manziel now, and he's a guy that I have questions about. Just like you look at Kaepernick and RG3 and those guys, I question Johnny Menzel and his ability to sit down in that pocket because one of the things you see about Johnny Menzel, he likes to move around, likes to run around. And one of the things I question about Johnny Menzel is his ability to sit down in that pocket and make the throws necessary. Is this the right move at, at, at this point in time for Cleveland? And how do you think Johnny Menzel will do? Well, you know, because, because of the way he's been playing, the point he's been playing, I mean, I don't think they really had a choice. He hasn't right. been playing too well. Uh, and, the, and the pressure's been on him. You know, the pressure's been on that kid for you to keep it going because Johnny Manziel was drafted uh, in the first round and has a lot of hype behind him. I will say this. Uh, I just don't like – I don't like some of Johnny football's antics, all of the signs, the money signs, and, you know, the birthday cake. He, he's got to grow up, and, and he needs to understand that this is a National Football League. If you're going to be the starting quarterback of a team, you're here to a higher standard. You're held to, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and these guys are basically like coaches outside on the field. When you're a quarterback, you got to be there early. you got to make sure everybody's in position. you got to know people's assignments. You have to be held accountable if you're a quarterback, basically like the coach or another coach that's on the field. So Johnny Football, if he wants to be a great quarterback, he's got to take it seriously. He's got to understand what, what, his, what, he, what his role is on that team the first one in, they said the same thing about Romo. He, he he had to learn how to be a pro and be there early and be the last one to go. And when you're a quarterback, you, Michael Victor said the same thing about him at some point, Paul. You, you're, you're almost like a coach and the quarterback on the field. And believe me, Tom Brady and, 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 and Peyton Manning and, and those type of guys, Aaron Rodgers, uh, hold players accountable for knowing their assignments and knowing what they got to do as much or more so than a coach does. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And, Willie, i, I got to ask you this now. And, and You're New Orleans Saints. I mean, you know, one thing you can say about the Saints over the years, yes, you know, other than last season, they struggled, had some struggles on the defensive side of football. But it, one thing you could say about the Saints is they control their home field, and they're a much different team at home. Well, the Saints they have been. They have you know, been. Right now, I mean, they've been bad at home. They've been bad on the road. And they've just been flat out bad at 5-8. and eight. 
I mean, do you see the Saints turning this thing around? I mean, you know, obviously they, they're in a bad division and they can still get to the playoffs, but do you see them turning this thing around or does Atlanta win the NFC South? I mean, how do you view the Saints right now? Paul, Paul, I mean, we talked about this. We both thought the Saints would be doing better. But when you give up 48 at home, you give up 48 points at home, and and, and, and you don't even – I mean, I mean, it's like they laid down. I mean, they didn't even show up to play, Paul. If the defense is going to give up holes like that and just get gassed, I mean, I, 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 I really don't have confidence in them looking at the way Atlanta played uh, last week and, 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 and Matt Ryan's playing. And, and, you know, they played decently. And what, Julio Jones had, what, 250-some yards, whatever, receiving uh, against Green Bay. I mean, I'm leaning toward Green Bay unless the Saints, you know, change that attitude. I thought, I thought after they played the Steelers, that was a big win for them. But, uh, you know, they, they cut Joe Morgan this week, and then they, they, they benched Vergaro. I mean, the other safety. After yep, the Yeah, they benched him or took him out of the lineup. And then after what happened with Bird, you know, he wasn't playing well. Earlier this year, I mean, I don't know what, what what the coach has to do to get the attention of the team, but the key to them also is when is Jimmy Graham going to show up? I mean, Jimmy Graham, remember before he got this contract, he was upset he wasn't in the top 100 players a couple of years ago. Then he has a great year and gets his contract, and he disappeared. I mean, he, he, got, he got in late, and then he hurt his shoulder uh, against Tampa Bay, but, I mean, Jimmy Graham has disappeared this year. He he was an all He's an all-pro Hall of Fame caliber tight end, but, you know, do these guys really want it? I mean, we've talked about this, Paul. They get the big contract, and do these guys want it, or are they going to wait to have another contract in and show up big again? So, I mean, it's like funny these guys are playing not to get injured and not selling out every week. I don't know, Paul. But even even with all that being said, Willie, we and you know they played some bad football. Obviously, losing the Carolina Panthers, getting blown out forty-one to ten. You look at the the last 40, three games. Forty-eight to ten, Bob. Forty-eight to ten. Forty-one. Forty-one. I got it right in front of me. Uh, forty-one to ten. Okay. <laughs> but look, you look at the next three games: at Chicago, Atlanta at home, and at Tampa Bay. That's very manageable. And at the end of the day, you win those three games. You win the NFC South. I mean, so, so as, as as bad as they played, and, and they've been bad, they've been awful. It's right there for the taking. It's right there for the taking. And, and, and you know, so but, but we'll Paul, see. do you agree? Do, I don't agree with you. Got a team like Dallas and all these teams with ten, eleven wins, and you got a team that's coming from a division that's not even winning. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's fair for those teams not to get in. Just like the year we went ten and six, my last year in Kansas City, and it was tough. And you had the, you know, you had the Broncos who were good, you had the Chargers who were good. We in Cincinnati beat us out. We didn't even make the playoffs. So you're gonna have a team that's sitting there ten and six that's not gonna get in from a, from a, from the NFC East uh, because because of these teams from other division. And I don't think it's fair, but I, I I don't have confidence in the Saints right now, Paul. I don't have confidence that they're gonna show up every week to play. I mean, I mean, you don't even show up against Carolina. You got three games that are winnable games, but which Saints team are you going to get? You know, I For mean, sure. guys got to show up and want to play football. And right now, I don't have the confidence that they're going to show up to play. I would like to see them make the playoffs, but you know, I, I, I mean, that game between them and Atlanta is going to be a big football game. For sure, and that's going to be for basically the NFC South. 
and it should be interesting about the Saints. And to your point, you talked about the playoffs. I, I think if you're not 500, you shouldn't be able to make the playoffs. Uh, I just think your your spot should be forfeited to a team that is above 500, an ex-best team. That's the way I think I sh- it should be moving forward. But we'll see what happens. And, it, you know, it happens. I mean, we saw it a few years back with uh, Seattle, who was 7-9, and and they beat the Saints, actually, in the first round of the playoffs, ironically enough, and uh, went on to the second round. We're talking to Hall of Famer. Willie Rofe. And, Willie, this past week you got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in New York City Tuesday night. Talk about it, man. How was it? Oh, man, it was great. I had a great time hanging out with it was the first night with my, my college coach and some guys uh, that I went to college with, and uh, with Keith Jackson and Barry Switzer. And, uh, I mean, it, Paul, you know, it's a first-class event. They got you at the Wild of Astoria. That's where they have all the announcements for the Hives and Trophy and all mm-hmm. this other stuff and all the college coaches that were there, all the old-school, uh, outstanding college coaches that were there for the different programs and the different ADs and people you see. But you stay in at the Wild of Astoria right there in Manhattan, and you get to stay in that, you know, obviously a beautiful hotel in the ballroom. I mean, the event, uh, you know, very special with, me going in with, with, with a couple. I played with Wesley Walls, and obviously uh, they're doing something for Derek Thomas's mom, a college football life, following her around, uh, uh, having her on tape the whole time. And it was special to go in and, and her be there and be a part of that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't say enough about, you know, the, the event. And, you know, we got some beautiful rings similar to the regular Hall of Fame rings. And then we got a plaque and uh, you, got a, you got a medal. So, I mean, uh, it, it, it was a it was a it was a first class event, and uh, uh, you know it, it's it's hard to get in. It's a very special group, and, and uh, it's, like I said, it's very 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 hard to get in that one too. So uh, you know, I'm very very humbled and privileged to be there, and my my father was with me, so uh, we had some good times. How was the food? They had steak. They had steak okay. and fish. Angela said my wife said they had either one, but we had steak and we had uh we had a steak with a baked potato and uh, like a t- twice baked potato, and uh, uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, it was good food and a little salad. So, uh, you know, uh, if you get hungry, you can always walk outside and right around the corner from the hotel, uh, they had they had the you know the chicken and rice and the chicken and lamb truck. So you could always go outside and get that for six seven dollars. <laughs> so definitely sounds like a good time. In New York City had to be a little bit. I know you got, you know, the cold, man. I know that didn't really suit you too well. Well, the cold, it wasn't bad. It was, it, you know, the, the day we got in, at least it wasn't raining. It was raining uh, that, 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 that the day of the event. It was raining. But uh went to the spa the day of the event. They had a steam room. You know, they had a nice little, uh, little cardio equipment. So I got a little cardio in. Uh, we upgraded to another room for basically the price of getting a massage. So, we had a real nice room on the night of the event, and uh, the guys, you know, four or five guys came to the room and hung out, and uh, we just uh, talked about old times, and, uh, and you know, Keith was telling stories and stuff. So, you know, it was it was just great to see, to get to see some people you haven't seen in a long time as usual, you know, getting to see a lot of people and, 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 be, and going in with the class I went in. That was an outstanding class. You know, LeDamon and Bud Shelley and Wesley Walls and Lennox Smith, and uh, all the other guys. So, uh, and Derek, obviously, Derek Thomas, you know, having 27 sacks a senior year, uh, one of the best defensive players ever to do it in college football. So, you know, it was it was it was very special.
for sure. It definitely sounded like a good time. The food was good. You know, first class organization, first class event. You got another ring. You got another plaque, man. I mean, it's it's a good time to be Willie Rofe at this point in time, man. And you know, congrats to you, College Football Hall of Fame. You let's go over this one more time: College Football Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, Arkansas, Louisiana, Saints Wall of Fame. Is there anything else? Arkansas Black Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm in there with my mom, so that's about it, man. I don't think. I think I'm all framed out. Like I said, I've gotten in all of them, so uh, I can mark them all off. It's, it's, for sure, for sure. I don't so think you, I, I don't think I'm gonna be going any more banquets anytime soon. <laughs> oh, you know you. Oh, also, also, Paul, uh, we go on the field. They fly us to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, and we go on the field pregame. I don't know if it's for the corn toss or whatever, but we'll be on the field uh, before the game. A halftime, but I think it's before the game at the Sugar Bowl. They're flying down there. We do that often. So it sounds like good times, man. Definitely good to be Willie Rofe at this point in time, man. And uh, we, we got lined up for Christmas. What's Willie Rofe one for Christmas? Right around the corner. Well, we're, we're still waiting to move. So we, we'll be moving. Uh, we're closing. We'll be moving closer to the water uh, uh, here around Christmas time. And then uh, I'll be down in New Orleans uh, for the Sugar Bowl. Uh, the 20th, 30th through the 5th, so I get to see the, the kids in New Orleans when I go down there for the Sugar Bowl. So uh, that's, that's a great thing. I'm going down there for the Sugar Bowl, so I'm getting a free trip down there to stay a few extra days and get to spend a lot of time with the kids. But uh, we'll be moving, so uh, we'll be moving, and uh, that'll be uh, my wife's uh, Christmas gift for for a few years here, moving down, moving to Sacramento. All right, all right, all right. So, so you know, it's going to be a busy, busy holiday season for the Rowe family, and uh, uh, good luck to you with all that. Willie, appreciate you, man, Come stopping by, man. Uh, look forward to doing this again. Thank you for having me. And we're, Take we're, care. We're be, we'll see what the Saints do on Monday night. They showed up in Pittsburgh, so we'll see which team shows up uh, against uh, the Bears. <laughs> they better show up is, is what I have pretty much have to say. They got to show up. Yeah, because Brandon Moss was out for the year, uh, you know, so, I mean, the Bears are hurting right now, so we'll see what they do. Hall of Famer Willie Rove, appreciate it. Thank you. Hall of Famer Willie Rove, I mean, good time to be Willie Rove, you know, the banquets and, you know, rings and things of that nature. I mean, he's he's, he's living a life, man, and, uh, you know, every Hall of Famer has pretty much did it and done it, and there's really nothing else for him to do, nothing else for him to do with this point in time. You listen to Go Put on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't don't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. That's not Rossi. (laughs) That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. 
make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. Again, pleasure being joined by Willie Rove. You know, and obviously, it's good to be Willie Rove at this point in time. I mean, he's doing everything. The banquets, the Sugar Bowls, the Super Bowls, the the, the everything. You name it, he's doing it, and he's doing it well, and he's doing it big. And kudos to Willie Rove for that. Let's go now to the National Basketball Association, the NBA, and Carmelo Anthony, a report in the New York Post. There's talk that Carmelo Anthony would be willing to waive his no-trade clause. And, of course, with the New York Knicks and Carmelo Anthony, we've had issues uh, these past few weeks. Currently, uh, according to reports, there's issues between him and Tim Hardaway Jr. Those two not getting along. Those two not liking each other. So, you know, a lot of things going on with Carmelo Anthony right now. And, and at this point, Melo has denied it, and Melo and his agent have denied that, you know, he's going to, he's willing to, uh, he, they've denied that they're going to waive that no trade clause or even willing to waive that no trade clause. They've denied it. But I look at the whole situation with the New York Knicks and Carmelo Anthony, and, and the bottom line in a lot of ways is this. You know, Melo chose to stick with the Knicks. Melo chose, uh, you know, more money. I mean, he had an opportunity to go with the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, he would have left like $60 million on the table. That's a lot of money. That could do a lot of things for a lot of people. A lot of Anthony, Lala, and the rest of the the, the clan. That can do a lot of things for a lot of people. So I understand. And, you know, we, we, the documentary that's coming out, he's talked about how close he was to shining with the Chicago Bulls. Maybe, in some respect, if you're mellow, you have a little bit of remorse. And, and it comes down, here's the thing about life, you know, there's a lot of trade-offs in life, and, uh, a, a lot of people make trade-offs. A lot of people uh, choose this over that and, and get that over this. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. You know, he chose to stick with New York and chose to take more money. That's what That was his decision. So you look at, and I said this coming into the season, Derek Fisher, he's never been a coach in this league. Phil Jackson. Never has been an executive in this league. Never has built a basketball team. Derek Fisher's never coached a basketball team. So with all that being said, with all that being said, it's kind of understandable in some respect, you know, why the Knicks might be struggling. And here's the thing, they don't have a great roster. But I actually thought coming into this season that the Knicks would be competitive. I, I, I thought they – I didn't expect 4-20. I didn't expect 4-20 and 20 at all. No doubt that I expect that. Many really didn't expect that. I don't think many thought the Knicks would be a 4-20 and 20 at this point in time. 4-20? and 20? No one expected 4-20. and 20. No one. I'm not saying they were going to be good, but 4-20. and 4-20. I mean, that's bad. The Knicks. Are bad, and if you're mellow, I can understand why you want to get out. But you chose this. It's money. You chose money over a good winning situation in Chicago. I mean, maybe the Knicks will turn this thing around, not this season, but moving forward. And Mello also has an ailing knee, and who knows? He might need surgery, and he might get shut down for the season. So the reality is. If you look at the whole situation, 
where Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks and, you know, the struggles that the New York Knicks are having, the struggles that Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks are having, the turmoil. They, I mean, they're having turmoil. A lot of turmoil in New York. And when you lost 20, when you're 4-20, and 20, you're going to have turmoil. You're going to have it. But Melo chose it. Melo chose it. He, he chose that money. He chose staying in New York. He chose having Phil Jackson run, this team, run the team that he's on. He didn't choose it, but he chose to be a part of that situation. Derek Fisher, he chose, he didn't choose him, but he chose to stick with Derek Fisher in the organization, with Derek Fisher as the coach. But he had to know that this is going to be a rebuild. This is going to be a long haul. It's going to be difficult for the New York Knicks to be good again. And, you know, they got some contracts coming off the books. And who knows, maybe they can make a mark in free agency. Who knows? But the New York Knicks at this point in time, Carmelo Anthony at this point in time, I, 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 don't, I think he would be willing to waive that no-trade clause. And I wouldn't blame him if he waived that no-trade clause. I wouldn't blame him at all. But I know his wife loves New York City. I know he says his family is comfortable in New York City. So with all that being said, the comfortability of his family – the the him you know I mean a lot of ways comes down to family, the money. He loves it, but I, I'm sure if a team was willing, and then he also has that trade kicker, 15% trade kicker, so you got to pay him some money. But I know if there's a team willing, a team that's in contention, a, a team that he believes can win. I think if that team approached the Knicks. Approach Mello and, and talking to Mello, and, and, and Mello will be willing to tr- waive that no trade clause. I'm sure, I'm sure he, he would be open to a discussion. I'm sure he would. Why wouldn't he? An opportunity to play winning basketball. 31 years old. 31 years old. And the reality is, he's on the other side of things. And the Knicks. I don't know how close the Knicks are. I mean, can we really say that the Knicks are close to being a contending basketball team? Or even close to being a playoff team, for that matter? Really? Or even close to being a playoff team? And, you know, you question that. You wonder about that. Because they're, they're bad. They're bad. And, and I thought the Knicks would actually make the playoffs this year. I really did in the Eastern Conference. But they only have two more victories than the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Philadelphia 76ers are tanking. They want to lose. They're not trying to remotely win. They're not trying to win at all. The Pistons are 3-19. and The Knicks are 4-20. and And the Philadelphia 76ers are 2-9. and The bottom of the Eastern Conference is just bad. Bad, I tell you. I mean, it's bad. I mean, the bottom of any conference is bad, but, you know, you got three teams 
at the bottom of the Eastern Conference with a combined total of nine victories. It's double that in the Western Conference. So, the, you know, the, the last three teams in the East, New York, Detroit, Philadelphia, okay, combined nine victories. Last three teams in the West, Utah, Lakers, Minnesota, a combined 18 victories. So double, double. And I say that to say, you know, some bad basketball being played in the Eastern Conference. And there's some teams that don't want to win. And quite frankly, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, why would you want to win? You should tank. If you're the New York Knicks at this point, you should tank. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, and Magic Johnson said it, that the Lakers, he roots, he hopes the Lakers lose every single game. And I understand it. I, I, I totally understand it. Because you look at the Lakers. Obviously, the, the pick is top five protected. If it's below five, it goes to the Phoenix Suns. So now you lose another piece to help you rebuild. If the season, hypothetically, and this, this is hypothetical, the season were to end today, the Knicks, not the Knicks, the Lakers, well, they'd be tied with the Jazz, Lakers, they'd be tied with the, uh, the Jazz and the um, – well, they'd be tied with the Jazz. So they would be fourth or fifteenth, fourth or fifth worst record in base in basketball. The fourth or fifth worst record in basketball at this point in time. But there's a lot of basketball to be played. But Matt Johnson was going to lose every single game. And I, and I think this Laker team, it's bad, but I don't think they're going to have the fifth worst record in basketball. I don't think they will. I really don't think they will. I mean, I'm just looking. Well, Charlotte's only won six games. So the the Lakers are right there hovering around five with the fifth worst record in basketball. So if it's below five, then the Lakers can get that pick. I mean, if it's below five, then Phoenix gets that pick. If not, the Lakers can possibly get that pick because the pick is top five lottery protected. So it's a tough situation for the Lakers. It's a bad situation for the Lakers. It's a bad situation for the New York Knicks. But Kobe Bryant and Carmelo Anthony wanted their money. Kobe wanted two years, $48 million, and, and, you know, hurt the Lakers' chances and hurt their flexibility. Melo wanted that max money in New York. He wanted it. And so do you feel sorry for those guys? No, nah, not really. Do you do you think they have? Uh, I don't think Kobe does. I think Kobe definitely wanted his money. Melo maybe because Melo's never tasted a, a ring. Kobe's got five of them. Melo has none of them. Melo's never been to the finals before. Best he's done is the conference finals with the Denver Nuggets a few years back. That's the best Melo's done. Took the Lakers in a competitive game, the competitive series against the Lakers. Took them in six games. I believe it was 2010. But they didn't have enough to get over the hump. And I always said at the time, I thought the, the Nugget situation was a better situation in terms of winning for Melo. But I look at it now, and if you're Carmelo Anthony, you know, you're in a situation now where you're going to be playing a lot of losing basketball. 
that's just the bottom line. You're going to be playing a lot of losing basketball, and and moving forward, if if it's not it's not going to get right in New York, not this year, maybe next, who knows. But it's, it may not get right in New York anytime soon. So with that being said, with that being said, you know you, you got to see what happens. You got to see what happens, and I'm interested to see. What happens? I'm interested to see what happens with Melo, with the Knicks, and, you know, with Kobe and the Lakers. And I know it was a practice video out there this week. Kobe Bryant, you know, calling his Laker team, teammates soft as tissue paper, saying that they're they're bad, you know, and, and just, you know, talking bad, talking, talking bad about them. Talking bad about his teammates. A lot of people are up in arms and, you know, talking about Kobe Bryant, the teammate. He's a bad teammate. He's this, he's that. But you know what? Michael Jordan has been known over the years for 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 being tough on his teammates, for reaming his teammates out in practice. You know, yeah, Michael Jordan has been known for that. And, and you know, Kobe is a very competitive basketball player, very competitive dude. Michael Jordan was a very competitive guy. He was. Kobe Bryant is too. I mean, Kobe Bryant yelling, hey, MFers are soft like Charmin in this MFer. Darn, bleep, darn, is this the type of bleep that's going on in these practices? Now I see why we lost 20 bleeping games. We're soft like Charmin. We're soft like bleep. We're soft like Charmin. We're soft like bleep. We're soft. We're a soft basketball team. Lakers stink. They, they, they stink. There's no getting around that. They stink. And so at this point in time, because they stink, because they're a bad basketball team, because you know they're 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 soft, as Kobe Bryant points out. It's going to be difficult for the Lakers moving forward. I mean, we'll see if they can. We'll see if they can get some guys in, and you know, have an opportunity to get some max guys, and see if people really want to play in LA with Kobe Bryant. It's a lot different playing. I mean, this is a 36-year-old Kobe Bryant. It's not the same as a 26-year-old Kobe Bryant. So, of course, there's not many people that's clamoring to play with a 26-year-old Kobe Bryant. Instead of a twenty, uh, you know, thirty-six-year-old Kobe Bryant. I mean, people want to play with people want to play with a thirty-six-year-old Kobe. Not many will want to play with a thirty-six-year-old Kobe. Did I say that right? I think I messed it up. People will be willing to play with a twenty-six-year-old Kobe more so than a thirty-six-year-old Kobe. Now I got it right. So I get it. But Kobe, and, and we've gotten soft as a society, man. I mean, I mean, we, we've gotten really, really soft. I mean, come on. Come on. This, this is not even a story as far as I'm concerned. It's not a story. If we had, you know, people, you know, uh, videotaping a view of Michael Jordan's practices with the Bulls, we'd probably hear much worse. I mean, heck, Michael Jordan tried to beat up Steve Kerr in practice. Michael Jordan was ultra-competitive. Kobe Bryant, ultra competitive. I mean, these guys are very competitive basketball players, very competitive people. 
and they do what they got to do to be successful. They do what they got to do to win. And, you know, if you stand in their way, they're going to bowl you over. And good leaders, in a lot of ways, aren't always the nicest of people. You know, they're, they're uh, you know, not nice all the time. Heck, they're not, they might not even be good people, but they're good leaders. Kobe Bryant, you know, he's, he's a leader. He's an alpha dog, if you will. And, you know, as an alpha dog, you know, you're going to try to, to, you know, put your – you're going to be the head of your situation. You're going to be the man in your situation. You're going to want things your way. Kobe Bryant has been successful. Kobe Bryant has been a winner in this league. Kobe Bryant has won a lot in this league. Kobe Bryant has lasted a long time in this league. Kobe Bryant has been ultra-successful in this league. And one of the reasons for that is his competitive nature. He competes. He does not want to lose. He hates to lose. He can't handle losing. He can't handle losing at all, and I don't blame him. Arizona Cardinals, let's go back to football now. Drew Stanton, according to reports, has a strained right knee, and he is week to week at this point in time. Will not need surgery. So there's no timetable for his return. But there's all, there's a, according to his coach, Bruce Arians, there's a, definitely a chance that quarterback could return. So that's a, that's a you know, that's a, if you're the Cardinals now, you're, you're breathing a sigh of relief. You're breathing a sigh of relief because you thought that maybe Ryan Lindley would be your quarterback. I mean, if you're Arizona, you have a shot with Drew Stanton. <clears throat> Could I see the Cardinals beating the Green Bay Packers? No. Do I see them beating Seattle? No. But I think they could beat anybody else. I definitely think they could beat anybody else. And, you know, if they can somehow, some way hold off the Seattle Seahawks, there's a good possibility that they could be the number one seed. And so they wouldn't have to play a Green Bay or or a Saint, uh, Seattle team. They wouldn't have to play them if they could avoid those teams. So they wouldn't have to play those teams. I don't think they could beat those teams, but if they could find a way to you know, start winning some football games and, and secure – the NFC West, I don't see any of those two. I don't see Arizona beating any of those two teams. I don't see it. But Arizona, two tough games, Seattle and at San Francisco, to end the year. That's not going to be easy. One thing about San Francisco, they might not be playing for anything at that point in time, and you could argue that maybe they've quit on their coach on some level. On some level. I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying definitively. But there's a, you, you could possibly make that argument that they've quit on their coach. I mean, losing to the Oakland Raiders is unacceptable on all levels, especially if you're in the middle of a playoff race, especially coming off the bad performance against the Seattle Seahawks on on, uh, Thanksgiving. You know, you would think that the San Francisco 49ers would come back with a vengeance. You would think that they would be – ready to play against the Oakland Raiders, and they were bad. Kaepernick was bad. Their team is bad. Offensively, it's been a struggle for the 49ers this whole season. A struggle, an absolute struggle. 
And, you know, you thought bringing in a Stevie Johnson would help. You, you thought, you know, Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, Vernon Davis, who, you know, has not been a big part of this offense this season. Of course, Frank Gore, Frank Gore you know, old reliable Frank Gore. And you thought Kaepernick was prepared and ready to take that next step as a quarterback. I thought he was ready to take that next step as a quarterback. But they struggled. They haven't taken that next step. They haven't, they're not ready to take that next step. They haven't done it. You thought, And not necessarily the team, but Kaepernick, because they've been you know, to the Super Bowl two years ago, and then they've been um, to the NFC Championship game. And I said, here's the thing. You know, you look at the 49ers, and, you know, at some point, NFC Championship game with Alex Smith, get to the Super Bowl, lose to the Ravens, NFC Championship with Kaepernick, lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Three straight years. And I said it at the time. I said it at the time after they lost to Seattle, that there's no guarantees. Every, you know, you, you get to that point, that mark, you know, to the championship games, get to the Super Bowls, and don't break through, at that, there's no guarantee that you'll ever get there again. You had opportunities to break through, and there's no guarantee that you'll ever be able to get to those point, that point again. So if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're the 49ers, and you haven't broke through after, all those, after those three seasons, after getting to the wild, getting to the championship game with Alex Smith, you know, Kaepernick, getting to the Super Bowl against the Ravens and losing, and then getting to the championship game last year and still losing. At some point, your time runs out. And the NFL, you know, stands not for long. and Not for long in terms of, you know, you got three shots and you didn't break through. And sometimes you don't get another shot, whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, losing players in terms of free agency, whether it's just one of those years where your team, which had big-time chemistry, which had, you know, which a team that believed in their coach and Jim Harbaugh, you had all those things. And now you lose to the lowly Oakland Raiders. You're 7-6. and six. You probably won't make the playoffs. And at this point in time, maybe Jim Harbaugh leaves. Your quarterback, you have questions about your quarterback and whether or not he can be the quarterback that you thought he would be. You have questions. The 49ers are in an interesting position. No injuries have been a part of this struggle. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, you know, the, you know, those injuries have been a part of this. But at the end of the day, your quarterback has to play better. At the end of the day, you have to beat the Oakland Raiders. You have to beat them. It's inexcusable. It's unacceptable. You have to beat the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. That's a bad football team. You have to beat them. There's no getting around that. You have to beat them. And to lose to the Oakland Raiders is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Inexcusable. And there's no defense for it. The second hour of Go For It starts right now. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had 
some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but I just don't see anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw uh, you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Rocky. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Second hour of Go For It. Starting right now. In that first hour, we were supposed to be joined by Darren Walls of the New York Jets. That won't be happening this week. Hopefully we'll be able to schedule Darren Walls at a later time. But we're going to bring in a guy now. You know, a guy who's had a very good career in the National Football League, had a successful career in the National Football League, big-time special teamer, big-time safety, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, had a lot of success in the National Football League. Let's bring him in now. Former Ravens, former Chief, former Brown. Uh, former Saint star Benny Thompson. Benny, yes. How are you, sir? I'm doing just great, man. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. No problem. My, it's my pleasure. Benny, I, I saw you wrote on your Facebook page a few days ago that Aaron Rodgers is one of the guys that you would pay to see. Talk about that. Well, there's not there's not a whole lot of guys because of my being in that that business. There's not a whole lot of guys that I will get excited about seeing and to pay to see a guy play. Aaron Rodgers is one of the guys, along with maybe a few other guys that yeah, I would definitely pay my money to go see. <laughs> but you you said you wouldn't sit down the cold. You wouldn't sit out the cold to see it, right? No, I I don't think I, I don't think I will sit out there with the Green Bay fans without in that cold weather down there to see him. I was hoping that it would be in some kind of a dome like New Orleans or Miami <laughs> or somewhere that type of nature for me to watch him play, but not for me to sit there and freeze to death trying to watch Aaron Rodgers play. <laughs> I want to ask you this, uh, Benny. You talked about the Saints, and you talked about the Dome. The Saints have mm-hmm. been struggling. They're 5-8. and eight. Drew Brees has been so-so this season. You've been critical of Drew Brees over the years. Talk about what you're seeing out of Drew Brees. Well, it's not what I see out of Drew Brees, because basically when I dislike a guy, I don't watch the guy, and I dislike <laughs> Drew Brees for a certain reason. And if you want me to get into why I dislike Drew Brees, and you know what, a lot of people on my Facebook are my um, is my hometown people, who's what they call the who that people, and they always say to me, why you used to play for the Saints, why you hate the Saints? Let me just get this straight. I do not hate the Saints. I just don't like the way Tom Benson runs that organization along with the GM there. And I also don't like the fact that I don't like, uh, uh, well, I dislike the head coach. And 
with Drew Brees saying what he said back during the strike, I dislike him. And then mind you now, I don't dislike a whole lot of people. I, I'm the type of person that I mostly like everybody. But when you say the things that Drew Brees said during the strike about the retired players and the ex-players, you, I mean, uh, I mean, any player would dislike him, and a lot of them did. But they, they don't come out public and say it like I will because I don't care. I don't care. I would let you know that I dislike you. But then you got the head coach who turned around and knew about the 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 bounty gate and didn't do anything about it. But then you Jim, um, I mean uh, Tom Benson turned around and make him after being suspended for a whole year and make him the highest paid coach in the National Football League. I just didn't think that was right. So with him doing knowing about the bounty gate. I I rather dislike. See, and I, I guess it's because I'm old school. Because here's right. where I'm from. I'm from the old school because of the fact that I played for Coach Eddie Robinson. Coach Eddie Robinson don't believe in doing anything illegal when it comes to football. If you do anything illegal and I understand it, then I'm gonna dislike it because I guess it's my way of saying I'm old school. And by him uh, claiming that he didn't know about the 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 bounty gate then and you you suspend him for a year then you bring him back and make him the highest paid coach uh, if not the high the second highest paid coach and I'm not sure which one it is but I I I I I just can't sleep with that. Okay, I mean let me but let me ask you this and and you know I know you you don't believe you should be the highest paid coach after all the things that happened with the bounty right. gate situation. But, you know, mm-hmm. the first year, that year that he was suspended, the Saints struggled big time for many reasons, but they struggled big time. He comes back right. now the, the following year. They get to the playoffs. They go to the second round. They lose to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, th- does that talk about what Sean Payton brings to the table as a coach? You know what? Not to me because I've always believed in this. Uh, and, I've all, and I'm going to put my coaching cap on here now because, as you may or may not know, I was the coach of the Baltimore Ravens when I retired. And I've always learned this about coaching, that you only as good as the players around you as a coach. And I don't know if you remember when um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pittman and Dennis Rodman was playing basketball in those mm-hmm. glory days. Well, sure. here's my thing is, Phil Jackson became the greatest coach ever. Well, when you got those kind of players, you don't need a you don't need to be a great coach to coach a Michael Jordan. And when <laughs> and when I was playing, I had some great players that played for me that probably could have made me look like a, a great coach. But at the same time, you have to give the players the credit because when you got great players, that make you a great coach. Here's what I do also learn about the situation is that uh, a good coach is determined by making bad a, a a bunch of bad players into winning a uh, winners and and being good players and I just don't think that Phil Jackson is that good of a coach because he had Michael Jordan and them type of people. But let's get back to football. Okay, here's my thing with football. Okay. Uh, New Orleans Saints was a good team back then, you know, and that's not to say that 
the head coach was a good coach. I mean, my thing is looking at it from this point of view now is that I think he should be fired right now. I really, really? do. It's such a bad season there, and whether they make the playoff or not, it's still a bad season for the New Orleans Saints for the talent that they have there. Yes, I do. And I, I look at the Saints, I mean, on some level, you know, I kind of agree with you from the standpoint that I had them going to the Super Bowl. I think this is a very talented football team. I thought the defense would be much, much better than it was, uh, you know, this season. I mean, they, they've been awful this year, 29th against the pass, 29th against the run. So they, they're not, they have not been good. And so right. I, I thought they would be a team that would be a Super Bowl contender in the NFC. And I look at them now and, you know, I don't know if they can turn it around. I mean, they're 5-8, and eight, but they're in a bad division. And even if they find a way get, to get to the playoffs, I, you know, you always look at the Superdome as, you know, a, a big-time advantage for the Saints, and they play much better at the Superdome. But this season, it, it's been they've been awful at home, just like they've been on the road. I mean, only 3-4 and four at home, below 500 at home, and this is a team that always play well at home. So I don't have much faith in the Saints moving forward, and, you know, even if they win the division, I don't think they win a playoff game. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see what definitely what happens. We're talking to former NFL star Benny Thompson. And, and Benny, I, I got to ask you this now. Um, you're, you used to play for the Browns, and now you got Johnny Manziel, who's going to be the starter for the Cleveland Browns this weekend. What do you think about Johnny football? you think this is the right move? you think he's going to be successful? Well, here's my situation with that. Uh, here's my thing with that is that, the Cleveland Browns are not out of the, the playoff hunt. If they can win these last, what, two or three games, they can possibly get in. you got to stay with what got you there. And by and I understand their situation and their mentality. Their mentality is that we want to see if Johnny Menzel is the quarterback of our future. But you're trying to, you're trying to get into the playoff. But my, so my thing in them, thing is and my thinking is is that you gotta stay with what got you where you are. Uh and I understand you wanna find out if Johnny Menzel is the future of that team, but at the same time you in the playoff hunt. So why make the change when you know and I understand that Hoyer is not playing the best football right now, but that kid have won a lot of football games for them this year and in previous years, uh last year as I can think about it. But why would you go to Johnny Mandel when, you know, that's the guy that got you where you are right now? So I, I really, I, I totally disagree with uh, what Cleveland Browns are doing right now, with, you know, benching Hoyer for Johnny Mandel. And, and my, totally it was my thought process, go ahead. It was my thought process initially that, you know, I thought Mandel should have came in once the Browns were officially eliminated. And then last yeah. week I watched uh, Brian Hoyer. And and I watched the game against the Colts, and, and I saw, you know, the defense for the Browns. They scored two touchdowns on defense, and they didn't really need Brian Hoyer to make a bunch of plays last week in order for them to win. And he missed a lot of he missed some big plays in that game. I mean, guys mm-hmm. were wide open, and he missed them. I mean, he he all he had to do was make some plays, and they would have won that particular football game against the Colts. But he right. didn't make any plays, and. So from that standpoint, I get it. I'm not saying Johnny Man. I'm not a believer in Johnny Manziel. I, I'm I'm not a believer in him. I don't know how good of a quarterback he's going to be, but right. he's going to be pushed into a pressure pack situation because, as you said, Cleveland is in a playoff race. They're only one game behind the Ravens. 
for the final spot. Actually, they're right. one game behind the Ravens and Chargers, who are both eight. And, I'm sorry, Ravens and uh, not the Ravens, the Chargers and Steelers, who are both eight and five. So they're right, right there. They're one game behind those right. teams. One game. So they're right there. But at the same time, I mean, Brian Horry was awful last week. But also at the same time, you, I'm not even sure about Johnny Manziel, but maybe the coaching staff sees something that I don't. And maybe they see something that I don't either. But at the same time, as I said earlier, is that you got you got to stay with Hoyer because he's the one that got you where you are. And if they want to find out if Johnny Menzel is the future of that organization, you got to wait till they are completely out of the playoffs. You got to right. let Hoyer stay in there until they are completely eliminated from being in the playoffs. That's what right. I think. You know, putting on my coaching hat, that's what I would go with. Um, <laughs> so Coach Thompson will leave Brian Hoyer in there until the Browns are officially eliminated. Right. And, and, and Hoyer may have had a bad game. I mean, he, and he hasn't played very well. But at no. the same time, he has won a lot of games for that organization. Yeah. Over the years, and, definitely. Yeah. And you you, you got to stick with him to see. And, and, and now understand me. His contract is up, and he's looking for more money and the big money. you got to give him, the guy a chance to see if he's the guy that we want to pay a ton of money for. When you, we know that he got Johnny Menzel standing in the back of him and in his on the other side of his ear waiting to see if he's the, he's the franchise for that organization. For sure, and we'll see in these next yeah, three exactly. games or how long Johnny will. Menzel is going to be there. What he can bring to the table, definitely we'll see. We're talking to former NFL star uh, Benny Thompson. And Benny, I got to ask you this now: um, you're you're a former Baltimore Raven, Raven, right. and and you look at the Baltimore Ravens. We look at Ray Rice and that whole situation. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on Ray Rice? Your thoughts on how that whole situation was handled by the commissioner? You know, ultimate event. He was suspended two games, and eventually he was suspended indefinitely. And then eventually he appealed, and eventually now he is reinstated. No one has gotten him to this point. But your thoughts on how Roger Goodell handled the situation, your thoughts on Ray Rice, period? Well, here's the thing with me is that I don't read nothing. I'm not a fan of Ray Rice, and I don't read nothing about Ray Rice because what Ray Rice did was wrong, and the whole world knows it. what he did was wrong. So my thing is is that, why make a guy that did something wrong famous? And that's what this this society is doing right now. They have made Ray Rice and his uh, girlfriend at the time and now wife at the, right now famous. And I just don't believe in when you commit a crime, you don't make a guy famous. But here's my, my perspective on that. I don't believe in making a guy famous when he done something wrong. And everybody in the world know what he did wrong. And nobody agreed with it, but at the same time, but we all making him famous. So I don't agree with, with the whole the whole scenario with Ray Rice and I don't read anything about Ray Rice because I'm not a fan of Ray Rice. Right. And uh, I mean and you know, obviously you you and a lot of other people at this point in time aren't big fans of Ray Rice and aren't big fans of the you know what transpired uh, with the Ray Rice and the whole situation. Do you see him playing again? Well, here's my thing with I'm glad you asked that question. Here's my thing is with this. I don't see him playing again this year because of the fact that 
you know, he's he's probably not in football shape. Now, there's a difference between being in football shape and being in shape. There are two different. Uh, I don't see him playing again this year, but I can see some teams signing him before training camp next year when everything kind of dies down and and they sign him that it, for some from some team that will probably need him. But I don't see them signing him no time soon. But sometime before training camp next year, when everything has died down, but then you're still going to get that uh, situation to where the media is going to go after him anyway. But during training camp, around training camp time, then everything can be died down just a little bit to where some teams can say, oh, we'll sign him. And we'll bring him in the camp and see what we, what we have with him. But as of right now, a lot of teams are worried about going to the playoffs and getting into the playoffs and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think they need that locker room drama right now. For sure. No, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think anybody will give Ray Rice an opportunity this season. Why don't you like Ray Rice? Well, he and I had a, a little disagreement, which was – I thought was nonsense, but uh, I've never been a fan of Ray Rice even before we had that disagreement because I looked at him as not being, uh, I I guess I can say, because I was so used to seeing guys like uh, Jamal Lewis run the football, and I just really didn't see him being that kind of a guy, you know. Jamal Lewis is one of my favorite guys. Uh, Ray Rice didn't seem to be that kind of a running back to me. And so that's why I never really, you know, really cared for Ray Rice. We're talking to former NFL star Benny Thompson. Ben, i got to ask you this. And, you know, you have been you were a hard hitter throughout the course of your NFL career. You look at today's NFL, it's far different than when you played. When you watch the NFL, is it difficult for you to watch? And uh, Because, you know, it's not as physical as it once was. Yeah, it, it is very difficult, and sometimes, you know what, as hard as for me to say this, I can't even watch a whole game because the NFL has changed. And mind you, I do understand what the NFL is is, is saying to the guys that's playing now compared to back when I played, is that, hey, look, guys, we want you guys to be able to, to walk and play with your kids and be able to take your kids to schools and this kind of thing. But as a kid growing up, when I was a kid growing up, you always look at playing football as, you know, as a defensive player, catching a guy coming across the middle and just, whop, you know, smacking the crap out of him. Now these guys can't do that or else they know they're going to get fined. And I do understand both sides of it, but I just don't like their side of it to where, okay, you know, if you hit a smacker guy like you 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 know you always dreamed about, then you're gonna get fined. You know that's right. the scenario of it right now. But back in our days, where you know we couldn't wait to catch a guy coming across the middle to catch a pass so we can you know knock the smack out of it. Now. These guys have to throw their shoulders in there. And a lot of these guys are getting hurt because of the rule change that they have made now. Because if you go in there 
pass-stepping, you are going to get hurt. Whether you're the offensive player or the defensive player, you are going to get hurt. When you're going out there playing on tiptoe, it's nine times out of ten, the defender is the one that's going to get hurt. When back in the days, we want to go and, and hurt the offensive players, but it's not like that anymore. And a lot of times I find myself not even watching the whole game because of the, the rule changes that they have made in, in the National Football League. Now, you were a part of the concussion lawsuit. I mean, and, and ultimately they settled, but I know there's, you know, that's kind of in flux right now. What are you hearing in terms of all of the lawsuit at this point? You know what? I don't know much about the lawsuit. Okay. Uh, I, I do know that uh, they won in court, but there are some other situations going on that I don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, there's a lot of money that the NFL set aside for the the guys that's, you know, with the, the concussions. But I, what, whatever it is, I'm in disagreement with that as well because of the okay. fact that I, I understand that they want to take care of the guys that really need to be taken care of. But at the same time, you look at a guy like myself that I go work out six days a week. You know, I don't have the problem that some of the other guys have. But at the same time, I believe in taking care of the guys that, that really need to be taken care of and then take care of the guys that, you know, played back in the day. And that's my stance on that with the concussion deal because we all suffer from concussion because I find myself, as much as I work out, at least try to work out to keep from getting to where some of the guys I play with and played against are are at right now, uh, you, they still need to take care, and I'm not saying this because I, I need the money. And then, no, I'm not saying I just need, but I just want the NFL to take care of the players that need to be taken care of. Right. What's going on with Benny Thompson now? Well, Benny Thompson now is, you know, I, like I tell everybody, I'm officially retired. I go work out six days a week, you know, cardio, weightlifting, and trying to just keep my keep myself together. But uh, as I was saying earlier, uh, there are some things going on inside of Benny Thompson that nobody will ever know, and I refuse to talk about it here on tonight. <laughs> but there are some things going on. But at the same time, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I- I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Officially okay. retired, meaning I don't work. All I do is go work out and enjoy life. All right, so not a bad life for Benny Thompson at this point in time. No, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> is it good to be Benny Thompson? Uh, I wouldn't say good to be, but you know, I'm I'm just you know, like I said, I'm I'm enjoying life. You know, I'm just blessed that I can wake up every morning and not say uh, have the problem that some of the guys that I played with and played against, uh, that, that they can't wake up and say the same thing that Benny Thompson can say every morning. For sure. For sure. Uh, I know a lot of people wish they can, you know, say, you know, get up and, you know, do some of the things that you can do, and you're doing it well. Man, you're in good shape. I mean, you're working out six days a week. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I love sure. it, too. I've always been a gym rat anyway, so there's nothing for like me waking up every morning getting ready to go to the gym and getting a good workout in and come back home and, you know, and enjoy the rest of my life. 
So no coaching for you. You're not even going to do that either. You're done with that. Well, you know what? I've always said this, that I would never coach on the professional level again because, you know, it's hard to coach guys that, you know, his coach salary is uh, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year and you got players that making millions of dollars and you know it's hard to coach players that's why i've never believed in paying college kids because it's as as bad as it is in the nfl to coach guys that make more money than the coaches then now these people are talking about paying the college kids i I really (laughs) don't believe in that because unless you've been in my shoes you can understand and feel where i'm coming from on this is that these kids are very arrogant when they make that kind of money, and they just feel like you can't tell them anything. And if you tell them something, they feel like, well, who are you to tell me when I make more money than you? So my point is is that I don't think I ever coach on the professional level again, and especially not on the, on the college level because the college kids are just as bad as the, the, the kids in the NFL because of the fact that that everybody, most of your college kids think they're all first-round draft picks until where – you know, you can't tell them what to do, and I'm not into that. If you don't want to listen to me because I've been there and I'm going to show you and tell you the right way do, to do things because I've been there, then I don't want to be involved with it. I'd rather coach on the high school level to where I can see the, get, the kids grow and become grow to that next level, and I will be very proud of them. And I know there's not a lot of money involved in high school coaching, but at the same time, you get your enjoyment out of, you know, seeing the kids go to that next level and be successful. For sure, for sure. Benny, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing my but pleasure, the best my of luck. Man. Let's do this again. Yeah, you took. Why you take so long to call me, man? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to reach out to you last year. You ignored me. Uh, I may not have gotten that message from you, but you know I'm always up to talk to you. And mind you, now I tell y'all, I tell people all the time, I'm done with doing interviews, and you know uh, because I leave that to the guys that's playing nowadays that do do, right. do all interviews. But you know sometimes I don't mind talking to a guy like you and enjoy having conversations with you. I really don't. That's why you know I went on Facebook and I told you I said, hey man, you didn't have me on at all last year. <laughs> Well, you want to go on this week? I say, hey, yeah, let's do it. So, but you For know sure. what? I, I, you know, I, I do turn, I do turn down a lot of interviews uh, with guys because I, I, I just don't feel like you know it's not even worth my time. But I don't mind doing it with, with a guy like you because I know you're gonna be forward with me, just like I'm gonna be forward with you. And you know how I am. I tell everything like it is. I don't cut no corners because I believe in shooting it straight. You know, so For sure. that's why I don't mind doing, you know, interviews with you guys. Appreciate it, man. And, you know, it's always a good thing to shoot it straight, man. You always can appreciate somebody who tells the truth. Most people want yeah, to right. don't that, like that. That's me. People. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's a great thing, man. It's, it's good to be open. It's good to be honest. And it's good to be candid. And you are all those things. Appreciate it, man. All right, then, man. Thanks a lot. When you ever need me again, let me know. For sure. For sure. All right. Benny Thompson, former NFL star, special teams demon. I mean, this guy was tough on special teams, beat up a lot of guys throughout the course of his career. He's got it done on, on the highest of levels in the National Football League. Thanks for Benny Thompson joining us and talking sports and having fun doing it. Man, we got 
talked to Willie Rowe, we talked to Benny Thompson, and we didn't get a chance to get to other. I mean, the baseball hot stove, but we didn't even get a chance to get to that. I mean, you know, the the, the you got the the uh, Dodgers doing big things. Howie Kendricks, Jimmy Rollins. Now you know the Marlins doing some things, and you know you, you got a lot of teams doing some things. You know, and <clears throat> we didn't even get a chance to talk about. It. We're not even going to get a chance to talk about because our time is almost done here. But you know, the baseball hot stove is, is exciting, man. It's exciting the winter meetings in San Diego. You know, the, the guys and teams making splashes and making splash moves and, you know, changing the course of their team at this point in time. I'm a lifelong Phillies fan. I'm going to miss Jimmy Rollins. I'm going to miss him and, and him, you know, playing with the Phillies and doing some of the big things that he's done throughout the course of his career. He's a Hall of Famer. No doubt about that in my mind. He's a Hall of Famer, and I'm going to miss him dearly in Philadelphia. Definitely going to miss him. John Lester, you know, obviously he made out pretty good going to the Chicago Cubs. You thought maybe the Boston Red Sox would have an inside track on Lester, but he's going to the Cubs, and, you know, you always hurt. And they gave him a lot of money. And, you know, you get a little nervous when you get pitchers a lot of money. He's going to be 31 years old in January. So when the season starts, he's going to be 31 years old. You get nervous. You know, you see guys like C.C. Sabathia making a whole bunch of money as a pitcher and breaking down. You remember Barry Zito got a bunch of money, and he just was awful. So you see it, and pitchers break down. John Lester, hopefully for the Cubs, he won't break down. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, a lot of things going on in the hot stove in Major League Baseball. Winter meetings, always an exciting time. Always great to see. What happens? What's going on? Who's making moves? Who's making deals? And and the Dodgers are reshaping their roster big time. Their roster will be reshaped. It will be different. They're going to be different up the middle. They're going to be different up the middle. So the Dodgers are going to be a different uh, baseball team going into next season. A couple more minutes left to go on the show. We've got to talk about Devin Alexander. He's got a big fight. He's a friend to the show. Big fight tomorrow night against Amir Khan. The biggest fight of his career. As far as I'm concerned, hey, he said it too. The biggest fight of his career, can he get it done against Amir Khan? Will he get it done against Amir Khan? I mean, obviously, if he wants to be, if he wants an opportunity at Floyd Mayweather, he has to beat Amir Khan. If Amir Khan wants an opportunity at Floyd Mayweather, he needs to beat Devin Alexander. We'll see what happens. And, I, I, you know, Devin said he'll come back on to talk about the victory if he gets in, and I'm willing to have him back on so we can talk about that victory. And, you know, we always like to talk sports and have fun doing it here on Go For It. Then I talked about last week, the college football playoff, and it was announced uh, on Sunday. Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, Florida State. And, you know, the committee tricked you. The, the committee had you believe that TCU was 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 a shoo-in. They, they pushed Florida State down the four had TCU at three, and they had you believe that TCU was going to stay there. Had you believe in it. And Ohio State came out and just throttled Wisconsin. Throttled Wisconsin. And after that victory, and just looking at the strength of schedule, of, you know, comparing Baylor, TCU, and Ohio State, and looking at the strength of schedule, as far as I'm concerned, I knew Ohio State would get it. Plus, it doesn't hurt that they're Ohio State. 
That doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that they are the Ohio State University. That doesn't hurt at all. That helps. But we'll see what happens with the playoffs. That's going to be fun. You wonder at some point if they're going to expand it to maybe eight teams, you know, but I'm okay with four. This is basically a plus one type of situation, pretty much. And pretty much. But I'm excited and I'm looking forward to the college football playoffs. I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. You know, he's had a great week, College Football Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's done it all. Thank you, Willie. Also want to thank former NFL star, special teams demon, Benny Thompson, for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, or you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow the show on Twitter, at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. For everybody here at GoFort, we hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.